It's just after midnight in June of 1997. Some teenagers are parked near the Hoover Reservoir in Westerville, Ohio. They're drinking, they're partying, they're celebrating the fact they just graduated high school. As the midnight hour rolls on, a dense fog settles over the water. Across the water, a boy notices the figure of a man walking along the shoreline. It's now quiet, eerily quiet. The boy asks the others if they see the man walking toward them along the water. They do. They watch the man walk on the shoreline, or is he floating? Soon, the teenagers realize that what they're seeing is not a man at all, but an apparition. They stare as he continues to move toward them. The air is cold. They get chill bumps. Chill bumps in June. And suddenly, before he can get to them, the man vanishes along with the fog. The air loses its chill, and the teenagers look at each other. And one of them remembers a man who went missing last summer in Westerville, to be exact. It was July of 1996. His car was last seen near the very spot they were partying. Was that him? Could it be a possibility that they just saw a ghost? Now, for our teenagers, this story ends here. But for us, it's only the beginning. Well, Kevin Green dared us to come back and record another episode of this True Crime on Easy Street series. And so here we are to do it. Everybody just sit back and relax. For the next 45 minutes to an hour, we will fill your ears with true crime gibberish. Or my name is not Nathan Arizona. And actually, it's not. It's Scott Wright, and I'm a mediocre journalist. I'm Kelly Turner. I'm not a doctor. What, Scott? I, I made it up in the car on the way over. <laughs> oh, well, I'm Katie Gibbons. I'm not a lawyer. <laughs> and, oh, Kelly's got a... Sp- oh, I know. I'm already spooked out about this. This I is going to be a fun one. It's the spooky season. Um, and I chose this one for one of those reasons is the crime that we're going to talk about ends up becoming sort of a folklore in the area and a ghost story. Um, I took a few liberties with our opening, uh, story. Don't tell anybody. We don't know the difference, (laughs) but it is a, it is absolutely true that this story turned into folklore and ghost sightings. So that's one of the reasons we picked this one for October. That I, I'm going to go ahead and give you a spoiler alert. It's in Ohio, and there's no Alabama connection. So sorry about that. That's okay. You can get to Ohio from Alabama. You can. You can get there from here, yeah. We've Especially certainly, if you already live here. Yeah, we've, we've drifted there. way further off the path than that since we, we have. started doing this. So We have. Uh, so do we have any uh, anything we should know this week, Scott, before we get started? You're looking our, at the wrong guy. I am. Bolted into the dummy chair this week. Okay. I noticed that uh, Easy Street recently celebrated uh, the birth of Shane Givens. Uh, how many years ago was that? 39 oh, years ago? Know, <laughs> yeah, half, plus half, 11. I was going to say half a century. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah somebody, happy birthday to Shane. Yep. Somebody commented on Facebook when they shared like his birthday party like little post. Someone's like, who is Shane? 
And I have died. I have laughed. <laughs> oh boy, so hard that stung, didn't yeah. it? Who is Shane? And he he never commented back and answered. Of course not. And uh, I couldn't answer. So yeah, yeah. He, was, he was too mentally damaged to type after that. <laughs> yeah, that one did sting. That was rough. <laughs> someone had commented like, well, "If it's Shane, some I don't know, someone I don't know, then I'm not coming." And I thought, "Oh no, what what's happened now? <laughs> <laughs> now we've gone off the rails." Yes. Yeah. So this weekend, I attended a theater center production. As did I. And uh, it was called Last of the Red Hot Lovers. Scott, did yeah. you attend? I meant to go and I forgot. Mm-hmm. I saw Katie there on Friday night. Yes. It was awesome. It was really funny. I heard that it was funny. Stacy Smith funny. called me and said it was hilarious. That was hilarious. And uh, I want to say one of your colleagues, do you work with Terry Dean? I work with Terry Dean. He and I are co-workers at the Cherokee Post-Herald. He is the news editor. And I hear that he is quite hilarious on stage. Oh, my gosh. Mm-hmm. He is. He has what everybody says. best facial expression really it's really great is he hilarious in the office no he's much more uh stayed and laid back and uh just you know nose to the grindstone gotcha he's he's, all business so yeah there's definitely work terry Mm -hmm. and then theater center terry oh my goodness well kudos and kudos to the whole cast it was a very small cast Mm -hmm. had a genie hat maker and you can uh see her uh, on Easy Street, yeah, from time to or time. listen to her on one episode of this podcast. Yeah, her uh, that's true. Her band plays there a lot, and then yeah, mm-hmm. if you go to our Avenue South, they're yeah, called. yeah, yes. and if you go to the Jamine Ramsey episodes that we had earlier this season, you hear uh, she's all over those. She is. Or did we just do one episode? Yeah, just one, one episode. I'm oh, sorry, yeah, that one. She's, she's on that all one. over that one. I know. Yeah. I look forward to collaborating with her again. Yeah, super at some duper. One time, and then okay, so then we had Stephanie West, who was in it, who is a. Uh, uh, this is uh, Travis West. We've mentioned Shorty on here. Oh, yeah, many times. times. One wife, of our loyal Stephanie. listeners. Yeah, and one of my dear, dear friends. And uh, she did a fantastic job. And then, Katie, I'll let you talk about the third cast member. Oh, Or yes. the fourth cast member. Yeah, that that is my best friend, Allie. And she has never been in a play in her life. This was her very first yes, one. Yes, and she nailed it, too, which is, which is funnier if you know her because the part was just her. Okay. <laughs> she's just... Like she's I saw her there. outfit she on Facebook. There was a photograph, and she's dressed. Uh, I guess the place set in the seventies, or uh-huh. she's just a hippie from the old days who still dresses. Yeah, it's that in way. the seventies. Yes. Yeah, okay. She's dressed the way the you know the the girl Muppet that followed the band Janice. around. She's dressed like Janice. She is yeah. dressed like, but she she is very pretty. Oh she's yeah, very pretty. yeah. Well, so is Janice. Janice, Janice Muppet. Yeah. Okay. Got a right. crush on Janet. Those sunglasses <laughs> and that long blonde hair. Yeah. <laughs> She's the one that had the big lips, didn't she? Oh, like yeah. The really big lips. Yes, and she, she did. was like, for sure. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> she talked. <laughs> oh. Really? That's, that's kind of the stuff she did. Anyways, we, we are off the rails. Wow. Allie, Allie wouldn't get that reference because I don't either. And she also, I don't think she listens to the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> We're good. All right. Maybe we can. All right. We'll get her to listen to this one sometime. I don't think she listens least. to any podcast, though. Like, I'm not. I think she's one of those that doesn't really know what a podcast is. Gotcha. Oh, bless gotcha. her heart. I know. It's okay. Um, so we'll be uh, talking more about Theater Center and Easy Street in uh, collaboration as we uh, get closer to the holiday season. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, not giving it away, right? Nope, not yeah. giving it Top away. Top secret. So we'll, we'll kudos to Theater Center and yes, we're always. excited for the next thing that you guys do. So uh, I guess without further ado, mm-hmm. are we ready for this story? Giddy us up. Okay. We are excited. We don't know what's going on. Yeah, not a, not a clue. All right. So first of all, I'm going to pass the buck to Scott to oh. set the table. We are in 1996. 
Now, I relate to the teenagers in the story. Because you was one then? I was one. (laughs) I graduated uh, in 1997 myself, and so I would have been, you know, celebrating my graduation at the same time that these guys were. But a year before, in 1996, I was, you know, still in high school. But set the table for us, Scott. You got it. You know, Kevin Green is the only listener that we have who really likes to set the table. Good. Here you go, Kevin. Maybe he's just the only one that's vocal about it. He's vocal about a lot of things. Oh, we just lost a listener. Sorry, Kevin. Please come back. Okay, a lot of stuff going on in 1996. I'd forgotten about a lot of this. Uh, Whoopi Goldberg hosted the 68th Annual Academy Awards. Yes. Braveheart won Best Picture. Ooh. Yeah, that was in March. Uh, in April, following what at the time was the longest and most expensive investigation in FBI history, the Unabomber, Ted Kaczynski, mm. was taken into custody after his brother turned him in. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, in May, uh, there was a sudden storm at the top of Mount Everest that killed eight climbers, and there's a really fantastic book about it, John Krakauer's Into Thin Air, okay. which I recommend if you want to be reminded of that tragedy. On July the 5th, Dolly the Sheep, the first ever uh, mammal to be successfully cloned from an adult cell. You, you remember Dolly the I Sheep, right? I do remember right? her. Yeah, I thought you might. Uh, she passed away on Valentine's Day in 2003. Oh. Sorry. The best-selling handheld phone of 1996, you ask? The Nokia. The Nokia 8110, the 8110. Have you seen The Matrix? It's that phone. That oh, uh-huh. That's the phone. Yeah. That's the 8110. I didn't have one of those. Katie, have you seen The Matrix? Never mind moving along. <laughs> no, I really haven't. <laughs> uh, if you wanted to do a little bit of research about 1996, which maybe Katie will want to after this is over, mm-hmm. you had to go to the library back then because we didn't have Google for two more years right. in 96. Wow. Yeah. The uh, Summer Olympics took place in Atlanta mm-hmm. in 1996. They started on July the 19th, and it was eight days later when the bomb went off, mm-hmm. uh, killed one person and wounded 111. You can listen to season two, episode 49, to hear our rebroadcast of the Eric Robert Rudolph story, mm-hmm. which you will find out all about that in. Yes. Uh, the biggest films of the year from 1996, Independence Day, <laughs> Twister. Remember Twister? Yeah. Flying Cows. I've seen that one. Oh, stop me if you've seen any of these, Katie. Okay. The first Mission Impossible movie with Tom Cruise came out in 96. Ugh. And uh, The Rock. Starring Nicolas Cage and Sean Connery. I love Sean Connery. And you can go back to season three, episodes 25 and 26, and listen to us talk about the infamous Escape from Alcatraz, which is where The Rock is set. Yeah. The film. Um, the Nintendo 64 video game console was released in North America in September. And finally, sadly, on the day after Christmas in 1996, the body of six-year-old John Benet Ramsey uh. was found strangled in her basement. And... Jeannie Hatmaker, as we have mentioned, has mm-hmm. talked about that on the show, and that is season three, episode 24 from June of this year. Okay. And now our table is set. That is awesome, Scott. Yeah, I mean, uh, Movies were, were struggling in 96. No, Independence like. Day. Are you kidding? That was a big year for movies for me. I saw all of those movies at the theater. Mm-hmm. That was the summer of 96. I remember where I was. I lived in Chattanooga, Tennessee at the time, and I, oh, I remember oh, the wow. theater that I went to. What were you doing in Chattanooga? I was the marketing director for a campground. Basically, I went around to all the... Uh, tourist stops on the interstate and mm-hmm. made sure that those, you know, those racks of brochures yeah. that you grab wherever you think you might want to visit yeah. while you're in town. Uh-huh. It was my job mm-hmm. basically to keep those filled with our brochures. Oh, okay. So I just drove around on the interstate a lot. Oh, now that was fun. I liked it. Oh, you did? Yeah. Okay. Well, 
Well, good for you. Anyway, that's why I was there. Yeah. Okay. I was, right. um, I don't know what I was doing in 96. Uh, were you doing anything? I was, I, I was three. Yeah, okay. Just probably <laughs> pooping <Existing>. your diapers and yeah. <laughs> I, I, think I, was, I think you're potty trained at three, are you not? Oh, I don't know. I don't have any kids. Uh, I don't Whatever you say. I've never potty trained any children. <laughs> so I don't know. Hopefully by then you're you're starting to, to master that art. Gotcha. <laughs> by three, but maybe not. Maybe. It's okay. I don't know. We all we all have our own journey. And here I am at fifty three, still trying to get it right every time. That <laughs> oh, doesn't make any sense. You don't have to tell everyone your secrets. Sorry. Was just, that a secret? Uh, just just you know, don't pee on the seat. <laughs> yeah, see that's where I get mixed up every time. That's you do the, live uh, alone, so I guess you can do what you want. Yeah. Well, well you know what? Yeah, do what you want. <laughs> yeah, if anybody wants to come visit, give me twenty four hours notice so I can clean up. <laughs> oh god. All right. So uh here we go. We are in Ohio of 1996, and first of all, we're going to introduce, um, I guess I would call him our victim, and and you'll kind of see why I'm, I'm saying it that way. Okay. Okay. Uh, Rob Money. Uh, he was born on April the 5th, 1967. He lived in southeast Ohio with his family. He had a sister, a brother, and both parents. They all lived in the home, family of five. They moved to Westerville at some point during his childhood. Westerville, and we'll talk about it a little bit later on, is a, a suburb of Columbus, Ohio. Now, Rob loved motocross. And he raced in competitions. He just loved dirt bikes. So he could work on them. He could, he raced them. He loved it all. He loved, you know, tinkering with them and, and. Were you a dirt bike kid? Them. I was not. I, w- I was a go-kart kid. Mm, I love go-karts. Oh. Yeah. yeah. We always had go-karts when I was Definitely. a kid growing up. And let me ask you this, motocross, what do we call it here in the South? We don't say motocross. Um, I mean, do I know. we call it, it dirt biking? Kind yeah. of, Yeah. Yeah. But is, are, are we talking about uh, uh, through the through the terrain, or are we talking about on a course that's built temporarily? It, it would seem like it would be a course because he he did it in competitions. I mean, I guess you could do that either way. But when I think of motocross, I think of you know like they 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 haul in a bunch of dirt at uh, yeah at Fulton County Stadium in Atlanta and turn it into a mound of dirt yeah. with a track, and then so maybe we do say motor. I just it, that I, sounds more like an Ohio term, yeah. motocross. Yeah, yeah. and there but was maybe a, not. There was a Disney Channel original movie called Motocross. Oh my! I remember mm. that. I have not seen that one. I don't have the Disney Channel. Now there's one movie Katie's seen. We have not. No. So maybe I, that's why I have I've seen no movies because I spent all my time watching DComs. <laughs> <laughs> So anyways, he loved this. He he this was this was he loved to have some excitement and you know, have a good time on the weekends and Rob met his wife Angela during their childhood. In fact, they grew up together. Their families were longtime friends, especially their mothers. Their mothers were very very close. And so they grew up, you know, knowing each other, being family friends and uh not long after high school they decided to get married. So they moved into a house in Westerville near the water, which is near this uh, Hoover Reservoir. They, the address is 1279 Central College Road. Now, Rob worked for the Smith Ex- Excavating Company as a track hoe operator, which is, uh, as I understand, because I'm not, you know, yeah. machine inclined, is that's the machine that digs basements. It digs, it digs holes. Like big old holes. Yeah. Like, okay. yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. So he held this job since he was 15 years old and he was a hard worker and rarely missed work. 
And so Rob was known to work hard, play hard. You got to work, fit- work hard all week, live for the weekend. And he's a 15 year old on a track coat. Well, I don't know if he co- started on oh, okay. that, but maybe he worked his way up. Oh, yeah. okay. he was I guess older. it was a different time, yeah. though. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, it was. Yeah, I mean, probably wouldn't have been an issue in 1990-something mm. <laughs> to be 15 and, and run a machine like that. Not really. Um, so, anyways, he, he likes to hang out with his friends on the weekend. Some of his friends were described as, quote, rough around the edges, end quote. So are some of mine. I mean, you know, everybody's got that. But he loves to have a good time. He loves to, to, you know, party hard on the weekends. So in 1995, Rob is going to purchase a 1995 Pontiac Firebird, and it is red. He's knocking down some good dough at the uh, excavator. Yeah. Job. Now, this touched my heart mm-hmm. because... I had a 1995 Pontiac Firebird, and it was a beautiful color. How of, fast did you ever drive it? Was it was a beautiful color of green. And uh, again, my father listens. I know, so that's why I'm asking. I'm not going to answer that. <laughs> uh, very aerodynamic. Uh, it was my first car. This was given to a 16-year-old. So, you know, mm-hmm. I think uh, now that I am a mother and have had a 16-year-old, there's no way I would have given this kind of car to a 16 year old. Yeah. Yeah. That's so, a, that's anyways, a lot of, okay. that's a lot of motor. I mean, even if it was a V6, that was a, yeah, that was, thing had some, some yeah. pep to it. Yeah. I, I mean, when I was researching this case, I spent about 15 minutes looking up old pics of the, the green car. <laughs> and I was like, Oh, there she is. <laughs> anyways, we had some good times. All right. So Rob had this, vehicle and but his was red so his insurance was probably higher than mine through the roof through the Um, t-tops and and he had t-tops mine didn't have t-tops so yeah his insurance was a lot higher Mm -hmm. so also in 1995 rob and angela are going to separate after five years of marriage now from all accounts it was an amicable split um there was not a whole lot of information on it some folks speculated that Angela just was not the party every weekend type, or she was, you know, they're approaching 30 at this point. Right. By, by this time, they're about 29 years old. And, you know, she's trying to be 29, almost 30, and, and Rob's still very much kind of living like he's 22, 23. Katie's you know. 29. She was out until 3 a.m. Well, just tell your business there, right, Katie? Right, I wait until you pause in right. case she wants to cut that out. Yeah, right, right, tattletale. <laughs> She was telling me about it. No secrets on this show, except for those we discussed a minute ago that are mine. There's no secrets if you tell Scott. I was going to say, remember, you have to say off the record. Um, (laughs) So some people speculate that Angela just kind of got tired of it, but it was, but it was, they were, they were fine. They still had a very good relationship. They had grown up as friends. Mm -hmm. So they just sort of separated. Angela's going to move out of the house on Central College Road and Rob is going to stay there and eventually he's going to get a roommate a friend of his who's a couple years older is going to move in with him this roommate's name is Ron Rob and Ron so I'm going to try not to confuse you okay it may be too late but please continue it may be too late so in July of 1996 Rob again who I said is uh, age 29 at the time he goes missing Rob has never been found, and foul play is suspected. Oh, and so I'm going to walk you through this this story. So first of all, let's talk about the 
Let's talk about the town, Westerville. As I said, it's a suburb of Ohio. It's in uh, Franklin and Delaware counties. If I had to move to Ohio, I would move here. Oh, yeah? I spent some time looking up pictures of this place on online. It's a beautiful Nice little town square suburb. with a courthouse in the middle kind oh, of a thing. Oh, wonderful. There's a lake. I mean, <clears throat> there, a lot of parallels to here, except that it's a lot bigger. Their population in the uh, 2021 census was about 38,800 people. Okay. So a city about the size of Gadsden, which is near yeah, here yeah. in Northeast Alabama. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yes. And it's, um, anyways, it's just, just a beautiful, they were a little um, university there. Um, anyways, like I said, uh Here's something interesting, and that's going to tie in with something that we've talked about previously. All right. According to visitwesterville.org, Westerville is known as, quote, the birthplace of prohibition. Oh, no. And other important historical moments. Huh. They, it's like they brag about it. So it had to they start haven't listened somewhere. to this podcast then. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but honestly, a beautiful place. And, um, Anyways, the the folks who run that visitwesterville.org website, they're doing an incredible job. Uh, I mean, I, I wanted to go there. Thumbs up. Maybe we can get them on as a sponsor. Yeah. So anyways, um, just a little bit about the town there. So the night that uh, Rob goes missing. Now, this is taken from uh, a post on Facebook from Rob's family. There's a there's a Facebook page, and I'll put that in our, I'll give that to Katie for our show notes, um, based on you know, trying to find Rob. There's not been a post for quite some time, though. Mm. But this was sort of a, a rundown from the family's perspective and what they've gathered over the years. On July the 16th, 1996, on his mother's birthday, mm. Rob gets off of work. He stops at Kroger on Sunbury Road, which is right near where he lives. While there, he sees a high school friend. They have a chat while they're in line to check out. They talk about, you know, life and how's everything going. And the, the person notices that he's got groceries for a steak dinner because they're like, man, I'm, gonna, I'm going home with you. That, that right. looks delicious. You know, that, the standard that's, joke. Right. That's why they remembered this conversation with him. Uh, and so according to this Facebook group, Rob is at home. He's eating his steak dinner. He gets a phone call, and they say that the on the phone call it says, quote, Rob, we're coming to get you, end quote. And then they put in parentheses, we heard later on his recorder. So I don't know if he had an answer machine that had picked up and mm-hmm. picked up some of the conversation or what. Which would have been the standard setup at the time. You've got the little plug-in thing that picks mm-hmm. up after three rings and records a voice that you can... Yeah, digitally playback later. Even if you answer the phone, it's going to record everything mm-hmm. that's going on on the phone. And apparently, mm-hmm. um, it just said, "Rob, we're coming to get you." And it was not like we're coming to get you. Not a it menacing, was like a, yeah. Hey, well, we're coming to get you, kind of thing. And I, I'll get a little bit more into that. Um, so the neighbors see Rob leave his home that evening. They say he's wearing a peach-colored shirt, blue jeans, and western boots. So he's dressed up. I mean, he looks so, fairly nice, mm-hmm. like he's going out with the guys. Yep. Uh, he gets in his Firebird, he backs out of his driveway, and then he heads east on Central College Road, according to the neighbors who must, two little old ladies who notice everything. Yeah, there's, mm-hmm. yeah. Sitting on their nosy, porch. Nosy neighbors, yeah. <laughs> uh, his half-eaten steak dinner was left on the table. Nope. 
And then there's a glass of Kool-Aid. Everybody knows Kool-Aid spelled with a K, right? Oh, yeah. A glass of Kool-Aid that was left in the freezer, not the refrigerator, in the freezer. Mm -hmm. And he also left his wallet full of money at home. Now, that's the oddest part so far. Yeah. It's almost like he didn't think he was going to be gone long. Leaves the food on the table, throws the Kool-Aid in the freezer. I guess yeah. to keep it cold, I don't know. Right. Um, doesn't even take his wallet. And the roommate, Ron, is at work that evening, which is confirmed by his boss and his coworkers. Okay. All right. So the car. As we head toward the 2023 holiday season, the Cherokee County Chamber of Commerce and Tourism wants to remind everyone who lives in the surrounding area to shop local. Shopping locally means having lunch at a restaurant in town or purchasing unique items in a local shop or boutique or simply filling up your gas tank at the station down the street before hitting the road for a holiday vacation. Small businesses play a major role in maintaining our way of life by supporting our schools and nonprofits and providing jobs in the community. In short, they are giving back. The Chamber encourages you to give back to them by shopping local this holiday season. For more information, visit Cherokee-Chamber.org. Are you in the market for a full-time Weiss Lake home or recreational lot? Let Trini Davis and Elizabeth Powell put their all-star property group at Keller Williams Realty to work for you. Trini and Elizabeth are locals themselves, so they know the Weiss Lake area, and with over 40 years of experience, they're professional listing and buying agents, talented home stagers and photographers, and specialized marketing team will work to make your lakefront dreams come true. Check out the Keller Williams team on Facebook at All Star Property Rome. You can also visit at All Star Property Rome to browse their images on Instagram or give them a call at 706-844-7493. That's the All Star Property Group with Keller Williams Realty at 706-844-7493. You can hit pause, call them now, and make your Weiss Lake dreams a reality. His car is found near a concession stand just off of Sunbury Road at Hoover Dam. So if you look at a map... Hoover Reservoir. Reservoir, yeah. Yeah, Yeah, the dam's there, but there's a reservoir. Yeah. So if you you look at a a map, Westerville sort of of runs along, and then the, the water is sort of just parallel there to... The town and then Sunbury Road cuts to the the reservoir, and so that is just a stone's throw from his road. So you get the Kroger, and then he just turns on his road. Everything is just in a very small area there, okay. very close to each other. But if he was going to go to the reservoir, he would have backed out and gone west but he backed out and went east okay okay but the car is found at a nearby concession stand which would have been west from his house parked in a parking spot it was noticed by the park ranger on july the 17th sometime after midnight so not very long he's eating his steak dinner Mm. he backs out he leaves the car is found just a few hours later, parked in that parking spot. The 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 park ranger is going to notice this because they close at certain times, and okay. and the park ranger is going to document that this car is there because it's not supposed to be there. Everything's supposed to be closed down, mm-hmm. um, and there's no damage to the car. It was unlocked, 
and the key was found in the vehicle. And again, this is not far from where he lived on Central College Road. The car was very visible, just out in this parking lot. Again, I said the parking lot is located west of his home, not east, as the way he left. Um, and so we're going to fast forward one more day to July the 18th. And that's when Angela, his wife that he has separated from, they're not right. divorced, they're separated. She lives down the street. She lives somewhere else, yeah. I don't know. And she's going to report him missing. And the way that I understand this is she's been in conversation with Rob's mother and Rob's roommate. And they're all calling each other. Have you seen? Have you seen Rob? Have you seen, you know, it's really weird. He left a half-eaten steak dinner, glass of Kool-Aid, and his wallet's here. Keys in his car. I mean, the you know, well, they don't know about the car yet. Ah, okay. Okay, because the park ranger doesn't know who the car belongs to. Understood. So they report him missing, and not very long after that, the police are going to spot that car. And it could have been as they were on their way to the house to investigate. I mean, everything mm -hmm. is right there, so close. So they're probably going to say, oh, well, that's, hold on a minute. And then they're, they're going to, very quickly, the police are going to find the car. And what they're going to notice about the car is that it has been completely wiped clean of fingerprints. Mm. No oh. fingerprints on the car. None. Automatically suspicious. Yes. Uh, the driver's seat was pulled very close to the steering wheel as if a shorter person was driving. Rob was almost six foot tall. He's about 5'11". But it's pulled way too close. So, that's what they noticed. Suspicious. And that's reported by the police, not the family. The family doesn't find this car. The, the you know... The cops are going to report that and, and note that. Obviously not the setting that he would have used right behind the wheel. Yeah. And I just don't think he would have left this car unlocked. This is his baby. Yeah. Yeah. So anyways, so the reservoir, the Hoover Reservoir is a large part of Westerville tourism. And we can relate to that here. Certainly. With yeah. Weiss Lake. Mm -hmm. um, and certainly, you know, the chamber folks would definitely... Say yes. I can hear Joy Perry jumping up and down right now saying, way to go, guys. We got to plug in for the lake. I know. <laughs> uh, so there are parks located around the, the reservoir. There are several parking lots. They each close at a certain time. Like I said, this is why the park ranger is going to notice this car sitting there just after midnight. So it's, it's a policed area. Now, there are certain areas that you can kind of find and go, like our teenagers in the, in the opening story, you know, where you can... Have a little fun for he and she time. Yeah, well, that and uh, drink drink a little alcohol and mm. you know smoke a little weed or whatever you right. do. Yeah, not mm. that I condone that or I didn't even know that you knew what weed was. Whatever. Yeah, I'm still not sure you do. I don't. Um, <laughs> I don't take pot, Scott. Okay. Um. Okay. All right. So the investigation now. Police have followed several leads, all to dead ends. They continue to suspect foul play, and rightly so. Um, this guy had no reason to leave everything as it was, leave mm. his car and be gone. Yeah. I mean, that was just not him. He never missed work. He, like I said, he lived for the weekend to party, have a good time. He doesn't, he doesn't want to go anywhere. He likes his life. So it, it seems like I know who the first suspects are. Who? His, his, his group of buddies. So they are going to talk to his buddies. They're going to look at his roommate, but the roommate 
has a, an ironclad alibi. He yeah. was at work and was seen by multiple people right. at work. Um, <clears throat> so they they have a, quote, suspect, as the police say, but, quote, we have absolutely zero evidence of any criminal acts at this point, end quote. So why is this a suspect? Well, they've talked to a lot of his friends, a lot of his acquaintances, and they keep getting the same name. Do you, okay. you know anybody that would want to hurt Rob, that would want to, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, in fact, this name gets okay. dropped a lot. Okay. So the local bodies of water, they, they drug all of those because they're thinking, oh my gosh, there's this car. Is he in the, is he right. in the legs, in the reservoir? Thought, you know, yeah. so they're dragging all that. Find nothing. A lot of resources were put into dragging the water. Mm-hmm. Um. So the police and Rob's mother have a suspect. Uh, but here's what they'll say about him. A, quote, he, uh, but no evidence. Uh, the mother states that um, the fact that uh, it is a he and that he knows he is the prime suspect and, quote, probably had help. Hmm. Okay. So according to detectives, when asking Rob's family and friends if they knew of anyone who wanted to hurt Rob, as I said before, same name keeps coming up. So Rob was dating a woman who had once dated an acquaintance of Rob. We're not going to say a friend. Just they knew each other, may have had some mutual buddies of buddies, things like that. Right. You know. The fact that he was dating this woman was upsetting to this man. It was reported that uh, the man might have actually run Rob off the road at some point about a week or so before he disappeared. So I listened to a podcast called uh, True Crime Garage. And We've talked about that before on the show, right? Yes. And they brought this case. Uh, they, they are the ones who did this case. They're from Ohio. So if you want to, if you want to hear this story and, but hear it with uh, the, uh, the accent of someone from Ohio, yeah, the local flavor. Can, yeah. You can check them out. Mm-hmm. Um, but they, they're saying that um, Rob, his roommate, and some other friends were at a pool hall near Westerville in the, about the, a week or so before his disappearance. Now, they say a billiards club. Yeah, but you know, here it's a pool. That's hall. a pool hall here in and Alabama, that, and those were were a thing in the '90s. Sure, I remember. Yeah. That's where you hung out. Yeah, there was one in Rome, Georgia, that we hung out at uh, a lot on the weekends. Yes, it's not there anymore. I think yes. there's a Lowe's there now, and I think that uh, I want to say that uh, Shane's band played there at one point that I went to see them. It was there. small enough and dingy enough; they probably did. <laughs> <laughs> so, anyways, uh, they're they're at this local hangout. Uh, the the pool hall is. Technically in Columbus, but it's so close to Westerville. It, yeah, as I said, this is a suburb mm-hmm. of Columbus. So they're, they're at this pool hall near Westerville on a Friday night before Rob goes missing. Now, Rob is talking to this woman at the pool hall that night, and she actually leaves with Rob. And it is an understanding that everybody's going to come to Rob's house after they're through at the pool hall for the after party. Sounds yeah, typical. Come, come back and hang out here. Yeah. So Rob and this lady, they leave the pool hall, and this is when the guy supposedly runs them off the road. The angry ex-boyfriend. The angry ex-boyfriend. Now, our our uh, podcasters at True Crime Garage 
they call the woman that he's seeing Shirley, not mm-hmm. her real name because okay. the police are not releasing it. And then they call this guy Andy. So we're just going to do the same just to limit confusion. Okay. All right. So if you want to finish this one and go listen to theirs, they call them Shirley and Andy too. And so that way it's it's easier for everybody. To I love to it go. when a plan comes together. Exactly. <laughs> so so the friends of Rob's at the pool hall, they, they get back to Rob's house for this after party. And this is the apparently the topic of conversation. So that's why I say he supposedly, it, it's a it's pretty much hearsay, but this is the topic of this conversation was, he run off the yeah. road, you know, blah, blah, you know, you can hear it. You can hear how it happens. Um, So then Shirley is going to tell the police that she spoke to Rob on the phone on the night that he went missing and she's going to talk to him around 8 p.m. Now, one hour later is when Rob leaves his house as observed by the little neighbors and that's, the last anyone has reported seeing Rob. So uh, the police say that they get this story from Shirley, from some of his friends talking about this, this incident of having been run off the road and they bring Andy in for a polygraph and the police say the results were inconclusive. Aren't they always? I mean, yeah. yeah. I don't know why anybody agrees to one of those. I don't, but yeah. Yeah. I don't either. Just don't do it. Don't do it. Yeah. Now, interestingly enough, Andy, the guy we're calling Andy, his parents live on the same road as Rob. Okay. Now, when you back out of Rob's driveway Mm -hmm. and you want to go to Andy's parents' house, Mm -hmm. which way do you think you go? You go east. You go east. Okay. Okay. So that all of this is very interesting to the police. All right. And that's the way he backs out and leaves that night. Now, after Rob, about a week after he goes missing, Shirley is going to report being at a a bar near the pool hall. And she's going to run into another man who's going to say to her, your boy is six feet under. Hmm. And police say they interviewed that man and he denies saying the whole thing. So either he's lying or Shirley's lying Mm -hmm. or somebody's full of it. I know. So, and looking at uh, some of the community boards and, and people talking about this case, one of the stories that someone reported on that was that the, the nature of the call that, that Rob got that night was that, and this is all hearsay, mm-hmm. let me just say this, okay, but that it was Shirley and Andy needed help moving a couch and he went to do that. Now, to me, that doesn't make any sense because he seems to be at odds with Andy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't know why he would help him do anything, especially after he's run him off the road. Another person says that they believe the call was surely saying that Andy was being volatile and she needed help. And He's banging on the door. You got to come help me. He leaves to go do that. Um, that would explain leaving in a hurry. Yeah, and who knows? Who knows about that? Yeah. Um, or yeah. it could have been someone said as as far as the moving of the couch, it could have been someone else um, calling and asking him. That might have been in cahoots. There's a lot of stories out there, and and the police have looked into all of these, and a lot of the information they're keeping very close to them. But they have looked into a lot of things that have turned out to be dead ends. A lot of debt because there's a lot of talk and there's a lot of everybody thinks they knows what happened. It sounds pretty typical for 
Yes. And you've got this group of folks that all kind of hang together and they know these other group of folks that kind of hang together and then something goes down and then all the stories are, you know, yeah, 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 intertwining. But anyway, so some have speculated that Rob's disappearance might be related to a homicide. And this homicide happened in 2002. So fast forward a few years. From from when Rob goes missing in 96. And a man was shot and killed and burned in Columbus, Ohio. And this was in January of 02. This guy's name was Troy Donahue. He was hanging out at a pool hall in Columbus. Same one. His vehicle, or a vehicle, pulls into the parking lot. And he looks out there. He sees the vehicle. And he tells someone, I'm going to be right back. I need to go talk to these folks for just a minute. So he goes out to talk to the occupants of this vehicle. And the next time someone sees him, he is found shot three times and burned. He's burned so badly that people, the first people who found him thought it was just a pile of trash. Wow. Yeah. So, um, and that very same night, someone broke into Troy's apartment. It was ransacked and money was stolen. They did find a little blood in the apartment, uh, but there's never really... It wasn't a lot of blood. It wasn't like, Mm -hmm. you know, someone covered in blood or anything. Um, Police are going to arrest um, people who were stealing vehicles and breaking into apartments that night. And one of them was Troy. So they're going to arrest those people. And several years are going to pass until these folks finally turn on each other. Who were picked up in this sting operation. Yep. And eventually they're going to get three people arrested for this crime against Troy. Um, now, Troy and Rob were not friends, but they did have mutual acquaintances. Mm-hmm. And it is reported that a source um, approached Troy in July of 1996, and he had been in this uh, area of uh, this backyard in this home in Westerville, and he had been digging, and it was hot. It was dirty. And the person, um, you know, talks to him. He's like, hey, Troy, what are you doing? He's like, uh, you know, kind of blows it off. And they talk for a second, and then, and then he leaves. Well, later, that same source sees Troy at a, a different time and location. It says that Troy tells him, uh, if anything ever happens to me, remember there's something buried in that backyard. So some people have said, because of this story, that... Troy might have had something to do with Rob's disappearance. Okay. They might have all been uh, running or involved with some unsavory people, and and this may have led to it. I know that there are pretty much four locations in that area that a lot of people keep talking about police should investigate. I do believe that the police have investigated a lot of those, uh-huh. and as many things turn out, it's... An urban legend. Just another story. Just become an urban legend. Yeah. So they're still very much trying to figure out what happened to Rob. But uh, as the years tick on, it doesn't really seem like there's going to be That's crazy. anything. Yeah. I mean, someone out there knows mm-hmm. what happened to Rob. And they're, they're, for some reason, not saying anything. Whether they were a part of it or they're afraid for themselves or... You know, maybe Troy's death did have something to do with it, and that scared them even more. Right. You know, I don't know. But uh, here's another interesting thing. So, so Rob was renting that home that he was in. Right. And he and his um, wife had lived in. She moved out. Blah blah blah. Okay. So uh, years later, 
Shirley and Andy are going to move into that house and rent it. Wow, you said the place was small. It really is small. They have two houses. Everybody has to take turns living in the two houses. <laughs> exactly. Uh, <laughs> that is very interesting, too. It's Strange. just weird. I don't well, know if that's just coincidence yeah. or what, but apparently Shirley and Andy are back together, and they. Mm-hmm. it is reported that they had this really toxic, volatile relationship, and so then she had... A, I don't know if she was using Rob to to make Andy jealous or, or what the heck was going on. Sounds like a typical married couple to me. But he got into some some sort of, uh, you know, kerfluffle with yeah. uh, these folks. Uh, over the years, police have received tips regarding, like I said, several properties. Um, the rumors are flying. There's also another property in Nelsonville, which is nearby that a lot of folks go in those... Um, if, when people comment about this case or they're trying to talk mm-hmm. about it and they're talking about this particular residence in in Nelsonville that the dedicated followers into. of this case. Yeah, people who be, this yeah. this is their pet case. And, right. And so a lot of different rumors flying. And then uh, you know, at this point, Rob just becomes this urban legend and this ghost story. And and he is. It, it is in fact, you know, when I when I was talking about our teenagers at the beginning, it is. He, he there there is a ghost story about the man at the at the reservoir and supposedly it's it's Rob. Right. Because that was the last place that his car was seen. We don't know if that's the last place Rob was. There's no evidence of Rob himself have, have been there. Yeah. But uh we can't even get a fingerprint of his there. There was none on the car. And the and the driver's seat was pushed so far up. Sounds suspicious. I think a lot of people probably think that uh, Shirley and Andy had something to do with it, and mm-hmm. she probably helped move the car. I think that's the consensus, but there's no evidence for that. And right. then, like I said, they're not even releasing their real names, as they shouldn't. Mm-hmm. They don't have yeah. sufficient evidence to make any sort of arrest and charge anybody with anything. And, it, and it's so unfortunate that... The day that he goes missing was his mother's birthday. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, you know, when you said that, you remember that there's another case that we've talked about where the same thing happened. Which one was that? John Wayne Gacy's last victim, the kid in the convenience store. Yeah. He disappeared on his mother's birthday, remember? <gasps> That's right. They were supposed to go to her oh, to the gosh. house that night for her birthday party. Oh, no. Yeah. The only thing I remember that. about birthdays and John Wayne Gacy is that he and I share a birthday. Oh. Mm. Ugh. Anyways. <laughs> Boo. All right, but but so Rob's mother basically had has told police and and people at different who've written different articles about it that she doesn't celebrate her birthday anymore. Right. She just says there's no reason to. Yeah. She's got nothing to celebrate, which is so, oh, sad. so sad. So sad. This family is so um lost without their loved one. He was such he was such a personality and such a dynamic and human being. Not even know? have the finality of know. knowing. Yeah. Think about the most fun and dynamic person that you know, like the one person that you're going to invite to parties. And that's Rob. And think about all of a sudden the absence of that person. In my case, that is me. (laughs) Well, it'd be really bad then. (laughs) But that's, uh, it it left a a big hole with, with his friends and with his family because he was such a, such a great guy. They, they really loved him so but anyways if if you happen to have any information uh you can call westerville police department 614-901-6866 and that is it well done ma'am case wow. is still still going on i got a picture of uh of rob here and he's about uh well he would currently be 56 years old 
Um, he's a white guy. He weighs about, or he weighed at the time about 180. His hair color's brown. His eyes are blue. He's about 5'11". We'll put that picture on Instagram, I suppose. Yep, we will. So, anyways, he's still, uh, it's still being looked into, but I think they've pretty much uh, decided that they pretty much know who did it, but they just don't have. They're waiting on that one piece of evidence that's going to help them finish it yep and so man that's when that's when if somebody who knows something has got to say something somebody saw something they may not even realize what they saw right public service announcement people don't don't protect people who do who do bad things yeah don't protect them flip on them flip Flip on sing like a boyd (laughs) like a boyd (laughs) anyways That's it. That's our story of a good one. Uh, Rob Robert Stephen Money, and uh, spell that last name M O H N E Y. Okay, in case somebody wants to check yeah. it out on the yeah. internet. Speaking of the internet, yeah, go to www.truecrimeoneasystreet.com and say something nice about us. Uh, you can jump to where we uh, upload our podcasts on Spotify. You can check out what our t-shirts look like. They're magnificent. We just don't know where they are in this pile of boxes in the studio. Uh, you can read a little bit about the three of us if you care or dare to. And uh, there's something else. Oh, links to Facebook and Twitter and Instagram. Yeah. So go check us out. Say something nice about us oh on the Oh, my internet. gosh, Scott. Triple W. You're so cool. I'm not sure that anybody <laughs> would agree with that. I'm not sure you have to top out the Ws anymore. Yeah, I don't think so. I'm old school. We went back to 96. You did back then. <laughs> you didn't type anything because you didn't have anything. That's true. Are, are we got anything else? That's it. I'm you guys good. are done? Yeah. Good night, everybody.